A reading from the Gospel according to Luke, the 17th chapter, beginning with the 11th verse. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As He entered a village, ten lepers approached Him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When He saw them, He said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked Him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Entitlement or gratitude? That choice is before us every single day of our lives. And in this story that Luke tells us today, it's once more put squarely before us. Will we regard God's mercy from a position of entitlement or from a posture of gratitude? Are we entitled to be delivered from sin, from death, from separation from God and the hell that follows it? Or are we, like that one leper, grateful for the gift of undeserved mercy? We hear a lot of talk about entitlements these days by our politicians. And an entitlement is simply something that you have a right to. That you feel as though you have a right or a just claim to that thing. And entitlement can also be the sense of feeling entitled. And there are many things that we might feel entitled to. We might say, I'm a college student, a college graduate, so I deserve a high-paying job. Or we might say, hey, I'm a senior citizen, I deserve for you punks to respect me. Or we might say, I'm always good to my friends. So I'm entitled to their loyalty. And my least favorite, I'm a good person. I deserve to go to heaven. There are many things that we might feel entitled to, and some of them maybe we're right. But I can say with certainty that salvation is not one of them. We cannot attain salvation through entitlement. In truth, the whole notion of entitlement is a falsehood. It's completely false. The truth is that everything that exists, everything that has ever existed, and everything that will exist from now until the unforeseeable future, every single thing that has existed or will exist belongs to one being and can only be laid claim to by one being. It's not me. 
In Psalm 24, the psalmist tells us, the earth is the Lord and all that is in it. The world and those who live in it. The only being truly entitled to anything in or outside of this world is the Lord God of Israel. But we often think we are entitled. We readily forget that every good thing is a gift from a gracious God. We're not entitled even to our breath. The very first breath breathed by a human being was breathed into that human being by God. Even our breath is a gift. The only thing we are entitled to, the only thing we have ever earned by our own effort is death. Death may be the only thing we can accurately say we have a legal right to. Or a just claim to receive. Because we earned it. Death came into the world through sin. Over and over the Bible teaches us that. The disobedience of Adam and Eve brought death into the world. Rather than living in gratitude, Adam and Eve felt entitled to be more than they were. And they fell prey to the serpent's whisper that they could eat from the tree. The only thing was they would just be like God. And they thought, oh, that sounds good. And sin found its way into the world and death came with it. God commanded the man, don't eat of that tree or you will die. Which is perhaps why Paul tells us in Romans 6 that the wages of sin is death. And people like to quote that to their neighbors who are misbehaving. But in truth, Paul is saying that to all of us, including those of us who think we are the righteous entitled. That the only thing we have ever earned is death. The only thing we deserve is death. Adam and Eve were sent out of the garden. The result of sin is separation from God. It drives us out of the garden, outside the camp. And it also separates us from one another. A sense of entitlement very quickly becomes its own form of bitter exile as we refuse to love or forgive others because we've not received some acknowledgement from them of their fault. Something we believe we are entitled to. And so we enter into that place that Jesus asked us not to go last week when He called on us to forgive others. We enter into yet another place of disobedience and sin because we believe we're entitled to an apology before we can give mercy. Sin separates us from others. It uses our lack of forgiveness to do it. It separates us from God because we don't believe we need God's forgiveness. When I read Luke's account of Jesus' interaction with the ten lepers, I find myself thinking of what it must have been like to suffer from leprosy in Jesus' day. I'd like for you to listen to what those who were determined to have leprosy had to do. And it's from Leviticus 13. It says, The priest shall examine him, If the diseased swelling is reddish-white on his bald head or on his bald forehead, which resembles a leprous disease in the skin of the body, he is leprous, he is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him unclean. 
the disease is on his head. The person who has the leprous disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head be disheveled. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. I find the plight of the leper frightening. What would it be like to be separated from everyone you love by something outside your control? What would it be like for everyone who saw you to intentionally avoid you? And even worse, what if you were required to warn them from a distance, to wave to them and say, unclean, unclean, so that they could stay away from you and not have any contact with you at all? What if that suddenly became your life because of a skin rash? The leper's separation must have been torturous. No wonder they asked Jesus for mercy. And the separation it causes and the despair that it brings. Leprosy and the plight of the leper seem to me to be pretty good analogies for sin and the despair and separation that sin causes. Because sin separates us from our neighbor as well. It separates us from the people who love us. It separates us from God. Sin, disobedience to God, denies the joy of living our very purpose which is to love God and to love our neighbor. Sin denies us the community that God created us for. It pushes us away from everyone. But there's good news today. Jesus is compassion and cleansing. Just as Jesus saw and had compassion for the ten lepers, so Jesus sees and has compassion for us. Just as Jesus heard their cry for mercy, so Jesus hears our cries for mercy. Dear ones, if you are under the weight, the despair, the separation of sin, cry out to Him. If you find in your heart a desire to cry out, do so. Say yourself, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. If you've cried out to Him for mercy, then know this. Just as the ten lepers were cleansed, you too are cleansed. Through faith in Jesus, by the grace of God, through the waters of our baptism, we're washed. We're made clean. We're delivered from the grime of sin and death that cling to us as we walk through this world. And the question that remains then is, how will we respond to that? Will we go on about our lives like the nine who did not return to Jesus? Happy to go about doing whatever we want to? Or will we return and give thanks like the one? Will we return to the source of our cleansing? To Jesus. To fall at Jesus' feet and give thanks. Or will we live as though the cleansing of salvation is something that we deserve? Something we're entitled to? 
Something that God had to do. It stresses me out to hear Christians talk about being saved as if it's something that God felt forced to do because of how wonderful they are. Will we take God's mercy for granted that way? Nine lepers were cleansed and went back to their lives, but one returned to give thanks. And Jesus said to him, Your faith has made you well. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has healed you. Nine were cleansed, but one was made whole. The one recognized God at work in Jesus and returned to give thanks to God. He fell at the feet of the source, the instrument of God's mercy. He recognized that he is not entitled to mercy, but has received the gift of mercy anyway. And once in a while, I encounter people who tell me something like, Preacher, I was saved when I was four. But to look at their life 30 years later, you wouldn't know it. Their life is all about them. They're caught up in title and entitlement. They think the whole world is for and about them. They believe that saving them is something God had to do and that salvation is all about them. There's no joy in their life, no sense of being made whole, being made well. They may in fact be secure in Christ, but they're nowhere near experiencing the joy the joy of salvation. They're nowhere near experiencing the joy of having received God's mercy because they've turned it into something that they earned through a prayer or something they said or something they did or by going to church. They've turned it into something that God owed to them instead of recognizing that God has been merciful to them. And so they claim it as something they have and not something that God is doing. The trap of entitlement is truly sprung on us when we think that salvation is all about us. And then our lack of gratitude robs us of the joy of God's salvation. You might remember when David had his issue with Bathsheba. Not, shortly, on, not short, shortly after that, he wrote Psalm 51. And the thing he prayed for, the thing he asked God to do for him was to return to him the joy of salvation. Because David had entered into a time where he thought he was entitled to whatever he wanted. Including his neighbor's wife. And truthfully, it's easy for us to get caught up in thinking that God's acts of salvation are all about us. That healing is about us. That God's cleansing is about us. That the incarnation of the Son of God is all about us. That the suffering of Jesus Christ is all about us. That the death of Jesus is all about us. That the resurrection of Jesus from the dead was all about us. These acts of God are indeed for us, but they are not about us. They are not done because we matter. They are not done because we are important. They are done because God is love. Those acts happened to reveal God to us. 
to reveal that God is merciful. But if we want what we're entitled to, then we can't have that mercy. Because we can't earn God's mercy. God's mercy is a gift. We are not entitled to the mercy God has shown us. And it seems that one of those cleansed lepers realized that and returned to Jesus and praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked Him. When's the last time you thanked God for His mercy in your life? When's the last time in our prayers we didn't ask for something for ourselves or for somebody else, but just took time to thank God for God's mercy in our lives? The one returned to acknowledge the gift of God and the source of that gift with gratitude, not entitlement. So what about us? Will we leave this place convinced that we are entitled to the mercy we have received? Are we entitled to the forgiveness of our sins? Are we entitled to inherit eternal life? Are we entitled to God's goodness? Or will we leave here desiring to live lives of thanks and praise? throwing ourselves at Jesus' feet to be marked by God's healing work, to be transformed into people who can love God, love our neighbor, and forgive one another. Lives filled with gratitude become what God is making us to be, people who can love and forgive. If we live life from a sense of entitlement, we will never be able to do either one. Life will be about us. And even loving others will be for ourselves. And we'll hear ourselves say things like, God has to forgive me because I forgive others. It is Christ's death and resurrection that makes it possible for our hearts to be cleansed of the hardness of entitlement that prevents us from being loving and forgiving. To the one who chose gratitude over entitlement, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Dear ones, choosing to receive God's mercy as a gift Choosing to recognize that what Christ has done for us is a gift from God and not something we can earn, not something we deserve, opens us up to being able to be transformed into the people that God would have us be. Those people who are not a stumbling block to the world because we can't forgive one another, but a church that shows the world what it looks like to love and forgive. We are not entitled to God's mercy. But God has chosen to be merciful to us anyway. That's good news. Let us respond to that with gratitude. 
May we say in our hearts this moment, in every day of our lives, thank you, Lord, for the mercy you have shown to me. Thank you, Lord, for the mercy you have shown to me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.